Fooled by Randomness by Nassim Nicholas Taleb One sentence summary. Fooled by Randomness explains how luck, uncertainty, probability, human error, risk and decision making work together to influence our actions set against the backdrop of business and specifically investing to uncover how much bigger the role of chance in our lives is than we usually make it out to be. My favorite quote from the author is Heroes are heroes because they are heroic in behavior, not because they won or lost. Nassim Nicholas Taleb Imagine this. You've just moved into a new place. And when you enter your new room for the first time, you see two switches for the light. You press the upper switch and the light goes on. Neat. You turn it off again and press the lower one to test it too. And bzzz, you get an electric shock. Somehow, a short must have sneaked into the wires. Because you're no electrician, what do you do? Simple. From now on, you avoid pressing the lower light switch. The reason I'm telling this story is that there are d dozens of these short circuits in your brain called biases and when they cause you to make a bad decision, you get a real-life version of the small electric shock described above. Only that it's often not so small. What Nassim Nicholas Taleb does with his work, and specifically this first book of his four-volume Incerto, is show you where those short circuits are, so you can at least avoid them. Here are three lessons from Fooled by Randomness. 1. Life is non-linear, which makes the rewards of continued effort disproportionately big. 2. We need our irrational emotions to be able to decide. 3. Enjoy randomness when it's harmless and use stoicism to deflect it when it's harmful. Ready for a stroll down your mental circuit board and uncovering some security flaws? Let's take a walk. Fooled by Randomness Lesson 1 Life isn't fair, which makes the rewards of continued effort excessively big. This answers the question, why do some people seem to win so much more than others? Many of the systems we move and live in work in a linear fashion. With every day at work, you get closer to the next promotion. With every exam in school, you get closer to graduation. With every dollar into your retirement plan, you get closer to being able to retire with the same lifestyle. And so on. Because of that, we tend to think life is all linear. But it's really not. For example, Darwin's rule of survival of the fittest only means that the best adapted organisms will survive on average. However, that doesn't stop all unfit organisms from surviving, at least in the short run. Taleb says the reason life is non-linear is that some outcomes are path-dependent, meaning we wouldn't end up with the same results if we were to start over. For example, the QWERTY keyboard we all know and use today was originally invented for typewriters in 1873, just to keep them from jamming. But after the spread of its usage reached a tipping point, it became and remained the standard just because switching to a more ideal keyboard would be a hassle and not improve much. It's hard for us to see these tipping points in advance, so our natural tendency is to expect incremental changes to have only incremental impact as well. However, at one point, a single office ordered Windows for its computers and suddenly, more than half of all offices were using it. From one day to the next, non-Windows users were in the minority. Just like one grain of sand can bring down an entire sandcastle, 
that one extra blog post, one extra day in the lab, one extra phone call can suddenly create a huge reward. This is exactly what the dip by Seth Godin is talking about, the disproportionate size of rewards for ongoing effort. But because progress on the extra mile isn't clearly visible, most people give up too early. Fooled by randomness lesson two. Without our irrational emotions, we often couldn't make decisions at all. We need them. This answers the question, how do our emotions sometimes help us make us decisions even though we're not the most rational? If we were to make every single one of our decisions based on rational reasoning, we would cease to exist because some choices really are indifferent. Neither outcome will make us better or worse off. Consider the parable of Buridan's donkey. A donkey that's equally hungry and thirsty is placed dead in the middle between a stack of hay and a bucket of water. A donkey always goes to whatever's nearest to him, but since both are equally far and he's just as hungry as he is thirsty, he would starve to death as a consequence. Sometimes making a purely rational decision is impossible for us too, and in those cases a little irrationality or randomness helps us make up our mind. Our emotions are the metaphorical coin flip in this regard, getting us to stop deliberating, just decide and move on. And therefore serve a crucial purpose in our decision-making process. Of course, the flip side, pun intended, is that our emotions can also get us to behave irrationally when we really would need to use logic and reason. Fooled by randomness, lesson three. You can use stoicism to deal with the bad kind of randomness and enjoy it when it's harmless. This answers the question, when is randomness bad for us and what should we do about that? Most of what Taleb writes about in this book is supposed to help us eliminate and better deal with the randomness in our lives. However, I like that he also said it's not all bad. Randomness can be beautiful when it's harmless. For example, think about art, music, poetry, humor and books. Without randomness, there would be no aesthetic, no beauty, no joy in these things. As the Yiddish saying goes, if I must eat pork, it had better be the best kind. The same goes for randomness. We can let ourselves be fooled by it, but only by the right kind. While an irrational poet is harmless, an irrational scientist is dangerous. To deal with the harmful kind of randomness, Taleb suggests we take on a stoic attitude. When life deals us one of those unexpected, random, horrifying blows, stoicism is our choice to deal with it with elegance, without self-pity, to not blame others or complain and to take responsibility regardless. The only thing we have full control over and that's never forced to be random is, after all, our own behavior. My personal takeaways from Fooled by Randomness for 2017. It's funny, as I speak, this book is lying in German called Narren des Zufalls, which more means uh, translated fools or, or rather victims of randomness, I guess, um, lies in our living room downstairs because I gave it to my dad because he's really into stocks and investing. And I thought this would help him because there's some parts of the book are about investing specifically too and how randomness works there. Um, so I love Nassim Nicholas Taleb. This guy is a genius. I don't know how he does it. He manages to find awesome examples, explain scientifically complex topics in very simple ways. 
uh, and then mesh those with those stories to sort of transport them right into the right section of your brain. It's really, really powerful. Um, it's really cool he writes on Medium too, so sometimes he blogs on there, uh, which is awesome, which I haven't seen many authors do. Um, I mean, write their own blog, yeah, that's one thing, but he's like, whenever he has something interesting to share, he will write a long blog post uh, just to share it publicly on Medium, which is also really cool. Now, about these lessons, I know his stuff is complicated, it's tough, like, it ha you have to sit with it for a while, like, even though he transports it very simply, um, the thing is, his books are so dense and filled with information, there's so much good stuff in there, that it's very hard to, like, I would read a chapter and then, and then sit, let the book sit, and then think about that and process it for a while, so don't rush with his stuff. Um, life is non-linear, I mean... I don't want to say it's obvious, but um, because it doesn't feel obvious in the moment, right? So when you see an actor making 200 million a year and you think, man, like that guy's so lucky or what did he do to get there? It's really just pressure. So it's pressure applied over a long time, right? Perseverance. Um, he just went to one edition more than another guy. And that's how he got his first $1 million role. And that's how he got the first one $2 million role. And so on and so on. So, um, if you take a set of the top 10 of anything, right? Let's say the top 10 beer flavors, okay? If you take the top 10 beer flavors or top 10 beer brands, uh, you will see, and you will see this with any with any top ten, that the number one spot gets about I don't know something between fifty and or the top the top one number one spot usually gets about ten times as much as the last one, like the tenth one. The second one gets maybe half or one third of what the first one gets, and it all goes down from there. The same in Google, for example. The first result gets like 30% of the clicks. The second result gets, mm, I think, 20 or so. So 50 or, or 15. So somewhere around 40 to 50% of all clicks is dealt among the first two results. So if you're in place number five on Google, you lost, actually. So it's not only getting on the first page, it's getting in like top three, top two. That's where all the meat is. And it's the same with everything, right? And these these extraordinary, exponentially bigger results, they come after you reach a certain territory, which everyone has to move through, but most people don't because they quit before it gets fun. And then once you reach that level, each additional day is providing more and more and more and more value and more results. So what does all this mean? In essence, it means be disciplined, put in the work, be patient, be consistent, and don't give up. Very simple, right? Uh, irrational emotions and how they help us. Yes, I love this. Uh, a guy talking about who's super rational, talking about irrationality and how it's actually sometimes good for us. Uh, wonderful. Now, the, the classic case is, uh, I have so many ideas or I have so many passions and I love them all equally much and I don't know which one I should pursue, so I haven't done anything so far, right? That's, of course, bullshit. You could just flip a coin because if you really love skiing as much as you love table tennis, as much as you love 
podcasting, if you really meant it when you said you loved all three of those equally, you would be cool with flipping a coin. Like flip a coin between two of them and then flip a coin between the other two and then flip a coin between the two winners and boom, you're done. Like three coin tosses and you're off to the races, right? No, but the reality is most people actually don't. They aren't indifferent. Uh, and they, in their gut, deep down, they know which one they want to do, but they are scared of moving forward or something other, some some other irrational blockage that they, blockage that they have in their head. So they don't want to do the coin toss, right? But here's the thing. Here's why the coin toss is great. Um, the moment you flip the coin, you will know, right? So if you really didn't know up until that point whether you want to do go-karts or, the, or whether you want to go hot air balloon racing, if you didn't know, you flip the coin, the moment it's in the air, you will have some kind of epiphany like, oh man, I really want to do the go-kart. And I hope it comes out heads, right? Something like that. Uh, and that will tell you what's actually going on. So uh, what I'm saying here is when you're pretending to force yourself to make a rational, statistically valid 50-50 random decision, a decision made from randomness, what you're doing is you can bring your emotions out, right? So sometimes the emotions might not be there and you might be like Buridan Stonky and you stand in the middle and you think, oh, what am I going to do? Here's the trick. Just pretend you will do a coin flip or do a coin flip and the coin flip will bring out the right emotions to help you make this decision. And lastly, stoicism. Yes, I was so happy to find out that he's stoic um, or that he likes stoicism because he says uh, stoicism is the best attitude to deal with the bad kind of randomness when like a loved one dies or we get a horrible, like we're fired from our job or something bad happens, we have a disease um stoicism is the one that lets us deal with it the best it focuses on what we can control it focuses on not complaining it focuses on making the best with what we've got um and and remaining calm and so on so that's the best way to uh deal with it when the randomness is bad and when the randomness is harmless just enjoy it right like um, this beautiful sunset that i'm watching right now outside um it's very random. It could have rained today, but it didn't. So I'm just going to enjoy this sunset and know that the next time it rains, that's also random. That's also no problem, right? Okay. Nassim Nicholas Taleb, awesome guy. Check out more of his stuff. Highly recommend him. And I will see you on the next summary.